0: Josh, thank you. Good morning. It's great to be with you this morning and uh, to be part of this series in the Book of Psalms. I think the way that I got here is uh, we are all the congregations uh, try to stay, do stay, on the same passage. When we came to the Book of Psalms and we said to each lead pastor, you pick the Psalms you want. And uh, right away... Uh, Luke called and said hey are you available on whatever today is I don't know and and I said yeah maybe Uh, what what's the passage and he said I thought you could do the 23rd song and uh, and then he flattery he said it's in your sweet spot I said really Uh, and, and what I had forgotten is that about Eight or nine years ago I taught the 23rd Psalm and uh, I did it in eight Sundays so I think what Luke thought (laughs) was this will be really easy because you've got all this material and uh, I kind of sort of thought that too uh, until about three weeks ago when I said you know I better take a look at that stuff and I realized that I had Eight hours worth of material, and Luke only gave me 40 minutes. Uh, and so I have this, I have pet peeves. I assume you have them. Like there's a sign, when you go into a school district, and there's a sign, like I said, speeding fines double in the zone. Well, the fine doesn't double, the fine is double. You can't double the fine. It, that drives me nuts. I hate that <laughs> sign. And that shouldn't bother me. That shouldn't bother me. I hate it when a pastor or a teacher gets up and says i don't have enough time well it's your job to, to fit your message in the time having said that i want you to know i don't have enough time today <laughs> i i and i and i think that became really apparent at nine o'clock uh, to those poor people uh and, and so hopefully it'll be a little bit better uh, this time as i i I gauge it and, and figure it out. I uh, fell in love, which is too strong a word probably, with Psalm 23 when I taught it. I, I knew it because it's probably the most familiar of the passages in the Old Testament. It's kind of to the Old Testament what John 3.16 is to the, to the New Testament. And, and so this book of Psalms is the longest book of the Bible, 150 psalm. Psalm 23, probably the most familiar. The imagery is rich. And, and, and that's the, the picture of the, the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, when I studied this, I broke the psalm down into sections and found key words. And I actually sent over uh, to the guys this week uh, this kind of summary of Psalm 23 with these you know kind of summary statements and asked them to put them on an eight and a half by 11 sheet. And, and I was trying to make it easy. I thought, well, you have it. And they said, we'd like to put it on a card. It, it, it's a card. And this is a great idea because it fits right into my Bible. I can put it in the back and come to it over and over and over again. I, I think it's one of those passages that you come to and you look at it and you go, this, this, this is amazing. This is what I have because the Lord is my shepherd. If you have Bibles or you could make notes in your app, I, I would put the word because in front of verse one. So, so look with me at that card. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have relationship, and I have supply, and I have rest, and I have refreshment, and I have healing, and I have guidance, and I have purpose, and though I'll have testing, I have protection, because he's faithful. He will discipline me. Here you go. How good is this? I have hope. I have consecration and abundance and blessing and security you can feel that build and then you add to the end and i have it forever i was uh, talking to a guy the other day and he was messing around with his phone and he said and i'm saying that is really cool and he and he said well you probably had that what kind of phone do you have i said, I, I don't know it's black I, I i don't know what kind of phone i have i don't know somebody gave it to me and it was all loaded and and I don't know how to do it. And he said, well, let me see your phone. And he started punching. And he said, look at you have this on there. Your phone does this. And that's the way I feel a little bit about Psalm 23. Because the Lord is your shepherd, you have in your life all of these. But it may be like me in that app. And you don't realize it. And you need to come back to it over and over and over again, the imagery is so associated with David. But Jacob, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, all talked about being shepherds, or God as a shepherd. In First Samuel seventeen twenty-eight, we're told that in his youth, David tended quote his few sheep in the desert. One author kind of speculates, one day as David was watching his sheep, the idea came to him that God is like a shepherd. He thought of the incessant care that sheep require because of their state in life. We ought to go right to that. Give you the big key thoughts up front. Kind of spoiler alert, this is where we're headed in this whole thing. Here's the key thought, is that the Lord... God is your shepherd. Do you see the personal pronoun there? This is really important. It's not that the Lord is a shepherd or the Lord is the shepherd. The prayer is that he's what? My shepherd. It implies this relationship. So in our context, the language would be this, leading to the question is, is jesus your shepherd do you know christ in a personal way that, that's what it means to be a christian i was uh, talking to neil the other day neil was here last week teaching he uh offices there are gilbert campus and i said how was your day he said i just had the most wonderful day there was a lady who came in who'd been at church a few weeks and she's coming out of a denomination doesn't matter which one you'll spend the rest of the day trying to mess around with that came out of a denomination and she said tell me about this grace tell me about jesus i'm so and he said she was crying i'm so tired of trying to be good enough biblical christianity is not about being good enough you'll never be good enough jesus died in our place and a christian is one who accepts that acknowledges that and trusts christ and christ alone for our salvation what makes us christians is what we believe That's why belief is so important, not how we behave. Behavior is important, but it's the caboose. It comes along at the end. What makes us Christians is what we believe. And we believe we're sinners, and our sin separated us from God, and Christ died, the Bible tells us, for our sin. And it's as simple as that. If that's the case, then you can say, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. And because he is, all the rest of this stuff is true. The Lord is your shepherd. You have a personal relationship with him. So all of those things are present in your life. As, as David writes this, he, he talks about he'll make me lie down. He leads me. He restores me. Though I walk through the shadow of death you are with me there's a flip a change in verse four it's always talking to us and he talks about here's what god does but like in verse four he's talking to god you're with me you're my rod you're my staff you anoint me so as we talk about praying through the psalms learning to pray this is a prayer i am acknowledging that this is true that Jesus is the one true God, and he's my shepherd. Now, let me state the obvious. For this imagery to be true, if he's the shepherd, we have to be what? That was really, that was really weak. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to be wrong, do you? You can't be wrong here. Okay? If he's the shepherd, we are sheep. And that's not a very flattering picture. Now, I don't know, and full disclosure, I don't know anything about sheep, only what I've read. I've read a lot in the last 10 years. I'm from Iowa, and so everybody assumes there's kind of an agriculture bent there. That's not true at all. I was raised in in a city, Davenport. It's 100,000 people. In the metroplex, 400,000 people. I use that term loosely, but 400,000 people. Uh, Iowa is a wonderful place. Uh, this time of year, it's really, we're, we're coming into the sweet time. The cantaloupe is getting ready the tomatoes even if you're not a tomato person these tomatoes are like apples and we are this close to the corn being ready and that's the best you, you just take it and that stuff is all over you yeah. and how does it make you feel well they're corn-fed beef so you feel like a big old fat cow when you eat it but man is it good Okay, but I don't know anything about agribusiness. So when I came down here, I went to work for Motorola. And at the time, Motorola was the largest employer in the state. They employed 55,000 people. Now they have a handful. And you could only buy their communication products from them directly. And they were huge in two-way communication. Here you go, I forgot to mention at first hour, we also sold mobile phones. Now, let me tell you, in 1978, a mobile phone cost $3,000. If you wanted to make a call, the first minute was $2 and then a dollar every minute after. And you couldn't just get this phone. There was a waiting list for like a year, unless you were a doctor or whatever. So I'm at Motorola and they give me agribusiness because the guy sees on my resume, I'm from Iowa. And, and so I'm talking to a guy and he said, We well, ought to call Dwayne Dobson. Dwayne is, uh, you know, Dobson Road, Dobson Ranch, that Dobson. He's our biggest customer. He's a great guy. You're going to love him. So I called Dwayne Dobson. And I said, Dwayne, Tom Schrader, I'm the new Motorola rep. Uh, I'd love to get together. And he said, Perfect. I said, how about breakfast? He said, tomorrow. He said, "Uh, every morning, we got everybody together before the day starts, our work day starts, so we meet at 4 o'clock. So why don't you come by the ranch house at 4 o'clock? And I said, why don't I meet you at 8 o'clock for breakfast? Uh, I'm not up for this. But I learned even even then, they had a bunch of sheep down at what would be Price and Ocotillo now. They had, a, they had a ton of sheep. I'm sure that's not the formal word. Well, I, I learned about sheep. So here's what we need to know for this imagery. I, I listed six things. Sheep are stupid. Okay? You'll see a dog trainer, a dolphin trainer. You're never going to run into a sheep trainer. Can't train. Them. They're defenseless. They have no claws. They can't outrun anybody. They're totally defenseless. They're dirty. They can't clean themselves they're stubborn and because they're stubborn they're always lost how about Isaiah 53 6 we have all wandered away like sheep each gone our own way and they have a mob mentality though I use the term loosely it it takes almost nothing to spook them I'm reading a story of a guy who's talking about a a chihuahua that jumped out of a car and just threw this whole flock of sheep into panic. (laughs) That sounds funny, doesn't it? uh, But that's who we are in this. If he's the shepherd, we're the sheep. We're desperately needy. We're reluctant even to acknowledge that need. We're more prone to say either we don't need a shepherd or if we need a shepherd, I'll, I'll, I'll find my own shepherd. It gets at a fundamental core problem that, that we have in the body of Christ. And that's a lack of understanding of who God really is. A.W. Tozier used to say it this way. Here's the problem with our theology. It does not ascend high enough In other words, we don't let God be God and it doesn't descend low enough. We don't have a low enough view of man. We are desperate, dirty, needy creatures. And even when we're his sheep and he's our shepherd, we're prone to wander away from that. So that's really a long time, 15 minutes and 43 seconds to, to get to this punchline. Are you a believer? I'm to talking about some great stuff here, but it's not yours by just being born physically. It's by being born again. If that's the case, then the Lord is your shepherd and he says this, I shall not want the message paraphrase it this way. God is my shepherd. I don't need anything. That that word want could be confusing. So let me clear it up. It doesn't mean you don't have wants. I remember reading, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Well, that's confusing because I still get hungry and, and, and I still want career and I still have ambitions. Here's what he's saying. Is The shepherd knows everything you need and you aren't lacking Anything that the shepherd thinks you need, and and I'll add this, at this point in time. you, You may have different needs tomorrow, but you have everything you need today. The Bible doesn't offer that up to debate it. It's stated as a point in fact. He's not saying to you and me that life for the Christian is gonna be smooth and easy and no problems and no difficulties. Uh, Listen to the words from the pen of the Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter four, and I'm reading from a paraphrase. Paul's describing to the church at Corinth the situation that he and his guys find themselves. You know for yourselves that we're not much to look at, We've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we're not demoralized. We're not sure what to do, but God knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we're not broken. God knows that need it doesn't mean that your life is free from hassle one author writes this sentence If your happiness comes from something you can deposit drive drink digest then face it you're in prison the prison of want You have wants and we're not denying those what God is saying is I'll give you all you need now I broke that into two categories and, and I would say that if you're a note taker, I'm always amazed by note takers. I love note takers. Uh, this is worth writing down. The shepherd is greater than what you don't have. So the house you don't have, the scholarship you didn't get, uh, the promotion that you didn't get, the car you didn't get, the spouse you don't have, the spouse you do have. <laughs> and it goes all around. The shepherd is bigger than what you don't have. here's the other side of that. The shepherd is greater than what you do have. The shepherd's greater than the cancer. The shepherd's greater than the the past. Greater than the fact that you were raised by a, a, a crummy dad in a crummy setting. Greater than a broken relationship or a rebellious kid or a business challenge. The shepherd knows his sheep we 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 talked about it josh prayed about it that god knows us he knows you individually and that could be a very scary thought he knows everything you've ever done everything you've ever said everything you are thinking everything you'll ever do and he loves you anyway rather than be a scary thought it's a comforting thought i'm not on probation with with the shepherd He loves me. He'll never forsake me. He knows you. They used to take at night the sheep, and they would put them into individual pens. And in the morning, they'd let them out, and all day, oh, wow, here's all the music up here. I could really screw this thing up. (laughs) This is kind of cool. I am so sorry. But I just have to push this button. We're going to be sing, singing, how great is our God. We're just I'm announcing a change in this melody. Uh, what was I talking about? I lost my voice. What was I talking about? You don't know either. That's even worse. What was I, oh, he knows the name. So they'd put all the flocks together. And then at night, each shepherd would stand by the gate of his pen, and he would call his sheep, and the sheep would recognize his voice. They knew him. He knew them. That's the relationship that you have. Because that is true. I shall not want. Verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pasture. That's a picture of rest. Sheep are fidgety characters. Sheep are afraid. They're nervous. I have somewhere a whole list, four things anyway, that they will not sleep or or lie down or rest unless they're free from fear, free free from each other, free from pests, free from hunger. I came across these stats the other day. 70 million Americans have insomnia. Teenagers, 64%, uh, uh, blame their poor performance in school on insomnia. (laughs) middle age middle agers are the most severe cases of insomnia it's ages 30 to 40 50% of people over age 65 have insomnia we can't rest it's everywhere I, I I, I spend the huge portion of my time with two demographics old people and so let me define that. I'm going to say 60 and over. I was going to go 55, but I let some of you hang in there, okay? <laughs> but 60 and older. And all I talk about is their PSA and blah 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 blah. But then I spent a bunch of time with men 25 to 40. And all of them, all of them without exception. I'm so tired, I'm so tired. Well, what are you tired from? Life's so hard. Well, what's so hard? I have so much to do, and then they'll go, and I'm not doing very well anywhere. I'm not a really good dad, I'm not a really good husband. I'm, I'm not, if I'm single, I'm not a really good friend. I'm not in really good shape, I'm not really good. People are pooped. There's a bumper sticker for you that's tweetable people are pooped now i got a, i got the answer someday they'll have me back to tell you what the answer to all that is but in the broadest sense the ability to rest in the freedom freedom of fear is in the shepherd he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters Here's how dumb and afraid sheep are. If a sheep was here and there was a, a babbling brook, not 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 a creek, just a a, little, a hose. A hose. That sheep would die of thirst before the sheep would drink out of that hose. Perfectly still water. The shepherd brings that. Here's what Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Weary is the idea of internal burden, heavy laden is stuff that's laid on you, and I will give you rest. 1 Peter 5.7 Cast all your anxiety on him, and we often stop right there. The end of that verse is because he cares god cares and you may be sitting here today and go you know what it doesn't feel like it well i I don't know what it feels like but the reality is he cares this is not to say and let me jump right in this is not to say we're robots and that we never get afraid and we never get discouraged i was watching an interview yesterday with johnny erickson tada so some of you familiar with her uh as a young lady uh she was uh very athletic she had a diving accident uh, became a quadriplegic and has lived that way for decades and last year the year before she was diagnosed with breast cancer very rare for a quadriplegic to be to be able to withstand the treatment and, and live with and overcome the breast cancer and yesterday she's telling the story about meeting with the oncologist and I know I've been in these meetings and he starts laying it out. And you're one of 20, he's gonna meet with that day. And he can't get, or she can't get terribly emotionally involved. And Johnny said, He said, We're going to do this and we're going to do that. We're going to treat this. We're going to cut this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And she said, He left the room. And she just, and this is Johnny Erickson, Tata, like the queen, like, like tougher than nails. And she knows all this. And she just began to cry. And she just said, I can't do anymore. That doesn't mean you don't have those moments where. Bam, here it comes. And it feels like a punch to the gut. And and it takes you a while, a day, a week, a month. I don't know what it is to get your breath again. But I run to the shepherd because he meets my needs. And he gives me rest. And he gives me refreshment. He restores my soul. Why so downcast, oh, my soul? Put your trust in God. He leads me. He knows. Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. And we can get overwhelmed. And doesn't your mind do that? It begins to race. Well, what about this? What about this? What about tomorrow? What about next week? What about that thing? I don't know. i got to worry about today. And the shepherd says, I'm going to give you today's strength for today's needs. And that whole future thing, I, I, I don't know, somebody once said, don't tell me worry doesn't help. 95% of what I've worried about never came to pass. Okay? So I get it. I get that future. What about, what about these things? Here's what you have. He restores your soul. It, it's, it's not just that. He leads me on the path of righteousness he guides me in a world that's so confused we live in a time that seems supremely confused we can't even figure out what bathroom to use and i don't mean that to be flip i'm saying this has gotten kind of crazy We've lost, as a culture, our moral compass. Now, now let me, because let me, I'm kind of a political guy. My three big things are sports, politics, and television. Okay, those are my big three. Now, I've been married 48 months. Let me tell you three things my wife hates. Television, sports, and politics. I reversed the order thinking maybe you wouldn't catch it. Okay, okay I love politics. I'm in a thing the other night, interview the candidates. I love that. But, but I was with a guy, and if I gave you his name, you'd know it. He'd be one of the top three or four most powerful guys in the state politically. And he said to me, government is not equipped to handle the breakdown of the family. Okay. And, and, and government, school, government... Is not equipped to handle the moral breakdown of the culture the hope for this world (laughs) this is scary is you you're the hope of the world you're the one who has the answer as he guides you you become a guide to other he leads you somebody wrote this and God is never wrong he's never rendered a wrong decision he's never experienced the wrong attitude He's never taken the wrong path. He's never said the wrong thing or acted the wrong way. He's never too late. He's never too early. He's never too loud. He's never too soft. He's never too fast. He's never too slow. He's always been and always will be just right. That's your shepherd. He guides you for his namesake. That gives you purpose. Verse 4, and this is one of the things... Uh, about Psalm 23 it's associated misappropriately with death uh, my mentor Larry Wright uh, I kind of put this in my in my mind and I've had it ever since that that, that everywhere you go or oftentimes when you go to a funeral memorial they read Psalm 23 Okay, Psalm 23 is not about dying. Psalm 23 is about living. Do you see it there? Verse four, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's not I'm in it. Uh, my dad died 10 years ago this coming Saturday. And uh, I, back in Davenport, and I was really, there's four boys, I'm the oldest, and the furthest one away. And so I was really And I can, I can, can, it doesn't look like it, but I can get competitive and and I can be a type A if I I need to be. I I don't play the role well and it's a lot of work, but I can do it if I have to. But I I said to myself on the plane, looking out the window, when you get there, memo to self, keep your mouth shut. (laughs) Don't get involved in this stuff. So we're at the mortuary. And they're asking all sorts of stuff. And um, part of me is going, oh, what does this cost? And, and I'm going, oh, so stupid. And I had an opinion on everything, but I said to myself, and then to them, I don't care. I don't care. What do you think about this? I don't care. Boys, what do you think? And then we got to pick out the little card that they're going to pass out to people. And they had... Dozens to choose from. And they said, "Tommy, you want to look at these? And I said, well, I don't care. And there's a lily and a bird flying o- over the ocean and there's all this. And then there's one. And I said, okay, I care. Not that one. It was the 23rd Psalm. Dad's not walking through the valley of the shadow of death. He's dead. I checked. I just went in there and saw him. Okay. And there's no indication that that's going to change soon. (laughs) Psalm 23 is about you walking through the valley of the shadow of death, suffering. And here's what he says. Do you see it? I fear no evil. Why? Because you're so tough? No, because he is. God says it in his word over and over again. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You'll endure to the end what can separate me from the love of christ nothing he'll never leave me and forsake me that's so foreign to us because our relationships even the closest are very tentative and conditional our relationships and 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 you don't have to you don't have to shake your head and agree with this it's just true okay you're sitting here and and you know you're holding hands i saw some of you it's a little much uh, but, but that's okay. I mean, that's all right. That's all. Right. That's all right. If you have to do it, you have to do it. Uh-huh. It's like I had a girl and she kept saying, my boy, he is so great. He brings me flowers. And I said, you know how you can stop that? Marry the guy and you'll never get another, another flower you get will be on that wreath. Okay? But, but uh, most of our relationships are so transactional. And he said, I, I, look at, I'll never leave you or forsake you, for I am with you always. Now, I have to jump in and and, and state what you're thinking uh, and what's obvious is it doesn't always feel that way. Sometimes I look around and I'm going, wow, has he forgotten me? Has he forgotten us? No. No. My union with him, and, 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 and we can come through this, he prepared a table in the presence of his enemies. His sheep, everything is an enemy to him. A bug, a dog, a wolf, a cougar. It doesn't matter what it is. And you have an enemy, a real enemy, Satan. A roaring lion, an angel of light, a subtle serpent, and his desire is to destroy you. And on your own, you're a sheep. No claws, no fangs, no speed, no run. But God says, I'll protect you. Rod and staff, an instrument that's used to defeat, to defend, to to pull. They'll take a little baby sheep, and rather than the shepherd come after him, he'll take that staff and the crook and pull it to its mother. Take that staff and and they'll bring them in and every night they'll come under the staff and the shepherd will examine them. And you have great comfort there. He disciplines you. He prepares a, a dinner right in the presence of your enemy. He doesn't remove you from these circumstances. He joins you in the midst of them and so that your cup overflows. Goodness and mercy follows you all the day of your life i love this and i shall dwell in the house of the lord that's your security if you're trying to find security in anything that you can deposit or drive or ingest or digest or buy you're going short if you're trying to find your security in any person place or thing other than jesus you're doomed. But I have a relationship with him forever. Philippians 1 6. He who began a good work in me will continue it till the day of Christ Jesus, not because I'm so strong, but because he's so strong. It's not me holding on to him because my arms get shake shaky and tremble. I uh, am, you never know to look at me. I'm in therapy right now, uh, physical therapy, I should say that. Um, <laughs> I know Uh, and it's it's all designed for older people Uh, it's uh, I'm I'm the youngest I'm the stud of this I'm the Michael Phelps of my therapy group Um, but the other day uh, the gal that I work with Makita who's terrific said uh, Tom we're gonna plank today so you know what planking is on your elbows and I said a guy just broke the world record three weeks ago did you see this planking for eight hours and one minute his abs have to be like this thing and i said well he just went eight hours how long am i going to go and she said 30 seconds and i said okay uh three times and i said all right so i i found a way to distribute my weight that wasn't too bad by the third one I, I, you could have put a margarita on my back and I could have made it for you or a malt or whatever you should I'm just shaking like everything's shaking I said is that normal and she said well it is for you where you are right (laughs) now I said okay Makita she said here's what she said to me you didn't fall over the bar is very low for but if it's me hanging on to him I get shaky I'll let go but the picture is him hanging on to me and and then, here's the trump to the whole thing. I didn't need to say that differently. Here, <laughs> I don't know. Here Here's the wrap-up on the whole thing. It's forever. I'm as certain of heaven as the saints that are there. That's staggering. I did, uh, or I was at three funerals a couple of weeks ago. Three funerals in a week. And one for a... Uh, a uh, 24-year-old guy, 74-year-old guy, and a 94-year-old guy, and that one of them, uh, somebody making the comment is, you know, we'll miss him. Monday, he drew his last breath on Earth, and my comment was, on Monday, he drew his first breath in heaven. Then, in the midst of all this, here's this. I've got. 40, 50 seconds. In the midst of all of this, here's what we're saying to you. That as a scared, dumb, wandering sheep, you have the perfect shepherd. So is he your shepherd? And if so, and, and I love this card, and I would absolutely encourage you, and if somehow you didn't get one, figure out how to get one out there. This fits right in your Bible, your purse, your iPad, wherever you want to put it. And be reminded every day of what's yours what he has for yours and that all happened because of what jesus did on the cross and that's what we celebrate every sunday here at gateway communion let me pray as josh comes to lead us in communion father thank you for this truth well thank you for the fact that you are the shepherd the good shepherd the great shepherd And we have all of these things in you. God, let us just be your kid, living in your grace and your mercy for our whole life. We pray that in Christ's name. Amen.